Welcome to another episode of HUGE, where we tell you everything you need to know about U.S. policy changes. I'm Kristen Silverberg, and I'm here today with Mark Weinberger, Global Chairman and CEO of EY. We're taping today from the IAF Washington Policy Summit here in Washington, where we're hearing from a number of Trump administration officials, including Secretary Mnuchin, Gary Cohn, and Director Mulvaney. I want to start with some of the issues we discussed this morning in terms of the impacts of the Trump agenda on global growth. So at IF, we recently upgraded our global growth forecast for 2017 to over 3 percent, notwithstanding a lot of policy uncertainty in Washington. What's your sense of how 2017 is shaping up for the global economy? So 2017, it, it does appear principally around the world that we're seeing more stability than we had in the past. We're seeing, uh, I, I think, less economic risk and more potential growth and upside. So like you, the, the uh, IMF also increased, obviously, its projection for global growth. And, and, and when I look around the world, and we're operating in 157 countries, uh, we have a quarter of a million people, so we're a good bellwether, and we see what's going on. So Europe, I think we are seeing principally um, the economic recovery very, begin to take hold. The banks are more secure than they were. The U.K. is still a big question when they begin to negotiate Brexit, but right now people have factored it in. So pretty much stability there, and we may see the ECB start to pull off of much of the liquidity. When you look at Asia, you know, India and China continue to do very well. Their growth is surprising on the upside. India over 7 percent. Um, China is 6.9 percent. Uh, ASEAN still pretty strong growth market. Um, the uh, Asia PAC also similarly. South America is a lot of question marks because you got Brazil still smuggling through. You got Mexico, which is continuing to underperform with political issues. You've got uh, areas like Venezuela, which is going through a whole political crisis. Then you come to the U.S., and, and that's really going to drive a lot of how the overall growth picture is going to look. And that's where a lot of the uncertainty is, of course, in the policy side, Kristen. So there, you know, we'll probably get into it, but, but there, you know, that's where I think we're going to see whether this is going to become real or not. From an economic standard uh, standpoint in the United States, I do think the economy has solidified. Jobs are actually coming back. Uh, we are seeing an uptick in wages. Um, the confidence, the business roundtable put out our confidence indicators for CEOs on whether they're going to hire, whether they have confidence in the growth in the economy, whether they're going to invest in capital expenditures. It's the highest it's been in, in years, in, in a decade probably. So very, very strong confidence. Some of it built on the expectation of, of the policy that we hope to see. Last point, but important point, there is tremendous non-economic risk, and, and those could be self-inflicted wounds. And those risks are things like the North Korea conflict. Uh, the Syrian conflict, the refugees and all that, the issues around whether we have a trade war. Um, when we were meeting with the president on the Trump's uh, strategy and policy forum, the 17 CEOs meeting with them, we went around the table and the biggest risk we saw was a trade war, which could cause a, a massive slowdown, I think, in global growth. So there are some geopolitical risks. You have the big elections in Germany, the big elections in France. That's what I think a lot of businesses are worried about. But from an economic standpoint, I think we're getting a little bit solid footing more solid footing. Well, going back to the BRT indicators and the uptick in confidence, we see things cutting a little bit both ways. On the one hand, there's lots of optimism over deregulation, the prospects of pro-growth tax reform. On the other hand, there's some anxiety about the U.S. trade agenda, the possibility that the Fed could be more aggressive on rate hikes than expected. So how do you think the U.S. is going to contribute to the global growth picture over the next year or two? It's a really good question, Kristen. And there, too, obviously, we work with practically every industry, so we get to see this. So there is some truth to both sides of what you're saying. So the confidence is great 
that much of this will get done. We've seen some deregulations uh, through executive order, more are expected, that doesn't require congressional approval. I think a lot of people are investing depending upon some of that happening. Uh, the types of investments that are relying on, on legislative, um, there is a pause, and because people really don't know what's going to happen. When you look at things like M&A, there's still a lot of M&A deals. We do a barometer every year. We talk to clients, what, are you going to do deals or not? Some 60-some percent of clients are, are working on deals today. Uh, they won't all happen, obviously. There'll be valuation issues. Some will fall apart, but a large percentage of companies are increasing, and even uh, more middle market companies, not just the largest companies. Last year, which all the, you know, there was a huge deal for, for a huge year for, for deals. Um, and this year, I think, is also going to be good. And IPOs are starting to come, come back online. So there is that confidence. The hiring also is something you can adjust up and down pretty quickly. So companies are hiring more people as well. That being said, some of the big issues that are out there, like tax reform, where you have a question, is there going to be a border tax? Is there going to be lower rates next year? Will there be complete expensing versus depreciation for investments after a certain date? Some companies are looking and saying, wow, we better not move our supply chain. We know we have to do it, but let's wait and see what Congress is going to do in the United States before we do that. So there is some uncertainty with some sweeping changes like that around the table today. But I would say most economic activity has been uh, on the upswing based on the projection of what will happen in Washington, with certainly some pauses based on um, supply chain issues uh, and some types of investments. On tax reform, I want to play a quick clip from Secretary Mnuchin's comments earlier today. The objectives are simplify personal taxes, create middle-income tax cuts to spur the economy, and make our business taxes competitive. Right now, we have some of the highest business tax rates in the world. We tax on worldwide income. We have uh, this crazy system of deferral. So it's not a surprise those three things lead to U.S. companies leaving trillions of dollars offshore. So on the business side, it's about making business taxes competitive and uh, bringing back what we believe will be trillions of dollars to invest. Well, you led tax issues at Treasury, obviously, so give us your best prediction. End of the day, where does this end up? Yes. <laughs> uh, this is this is a you know really tough one. So at the end of the day, I mean we got a, a this this past week we got a a surprise that I think makes it a little harder actually, which is healthcare coming back on, online. The real issue is is the time we have left this year, the packed agenda we have, and everything they want to achieve, and where is it in the priority process? Tax reform. They say it's a top priority, but healthcare, like in the Obama years, you know, took most of the time to get through, and nothing else got done. Healthcare popped up front. It sucked the oxygen out of the room for many of the other things. It now is the principal piece of the budget reconciliation for 2017. And so if they use the 2017 reconciliation bill for health care, um, that means they have to do a new reconciliation bill for taxes in 2018, which could be done this year for taxes, if, unless they assume they're going to get Democrats, which at least most of the plans they're looking at probably will not attract a lot of Democrats. And it's going to be really hard to do a fiscal year 2018 budget resolution with all the things like parent, Planned Parenthood, the Wolf, and all these people wanted to do. They, they held off on the 2017 resolution to get them into the 2018 resolution. So I think health care is going to be a, a big question whether they stay with that. If they move off of health care, if they try and do tax reform and, and kind of uh, move into uh, amending the FY17 resolution for tax reform, the big issues are lower rates, 
and moving to a system of U.S. competitiveness, mean making it not as burdensome to bring foreign income back to the United States. The two and a half trillion dollars U.S. companies have trapped over there because it'd be a 35% toll charge to bring it back. Dealing with that issue and lower rates. Bottom line, from a business standpoint, the rest of it's noise. You know what you get rid of, whether you have border taxes or other things, are really big issues for pieces of the economy. But they got to stay focused on lower rates, as low as they can get and a more competitive international system. And that's what the business community is looking for. And by when will we know? What would you want to see either this spring or before the August recess that would tell you they're on their way to a final tax bill? Yeah, so I've been saying for from the whole time they'll never get anything done by, by summer, uh, even though many people were optimistic. I, I think if you can start to see the House, the Senate, and the White House, hopefully they learned a lesson from health care, they all have to be talking to each other. Um, and if they can get a blueprint or even significant principles out, uh, by uh, the June-July time period, I think that this fall they can come back and, and work through the details of a plan uh, under reconciliation. I'd like to play a quick clip from Tim Adams' discussion with Gary Cohn earlier today. There's lots of questions about this administration's trade policy. There are a cacophony of voices coming in that administration. But can you tell me a little bit of how you at the NEC approach trade policy? What is your philosophy and what do you think is essentially the philosophy of this president? Yeah. Free open, fair trade. It's pretty simple. Free, open, fair. Wait, that, what does fair mean? Fair means we treat our trading partners the way they treat us. The president calls it reciprocal. We should be reciprocal in the way we treat each other. We would prefer that no one have tariffs, that we have free and open trading borders. But if you want to insist on having a tariff on a product, which we prefer you not, mm -hmm. The president believes that we should treat you in a reciprocal fashion and that we should tax your product coming into the United States. And that, that is free, that is open, and that is fair. That would be his definition of fair. So the, the, the example he will use, and it's a, it's a good example because it, 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 it's going on in the world today, is cars. You know, if, if we manufacture a car in the United States and ship it to certain countries, they put a large tariff on that car. If they manufacture a car, they can send it in the United States for a very small tariff. That's not fair. What do you think will happen on trade? So trade policy is really interesting, right? Because first of all, we don't, you know, you got the administration coming in. You got Bob Lighthizer, who's the USTR, who's not even in yet. You got, obviously, the Commerce Secretary who's taking the lead. You got Navarro who's also doing trade. Um, and you got Treasury involved. So there's all these different players, and you don't know what voice is ultimately going to win out. Um, but from our discussions in the Strategy and Policy Forum with the President, and from what I've seen, the President does believe uh, that trade is a good idea, but it's got to be a fairer deal. Um, and so much, you know, of the, the election was around when, in the language they use, you know, trade is bad, and it's causing a, a loss of jobs in, in the United States. I think the trade deals he, we had, he's saying, was bad. So there's a shift from things like the TTIP and the TPP, which you know I think are being rejected as multilateral trade deals, towards a bilateral approach to negotiating trade deals. So they started the 100-day clock when, when he recently met with China um, to start to negotiate a deal with China. Um, he's met with, the, obviously, Prime Minister Abe, and he's trying to, to do that with Japan, and, and the Secretary's meeting this week with, with the uh, Finance Secretary of Japan. So I think you're gonna start to see some renegotiations of NAFTA, of course, um, the, the things we've seen are trying to renegotiate the deals, not blow them up, not say we don't want trade, but trying to get better terms and updating them for the current um, environment. And I think that's what uh, we're going to see play out over the next several months. 
I don't want to get into your confidential advice to the president, but, but when you're meeting with him, where are you telling him he needs to invest the most effort? What's the biggest thing he could do in terms of driving U.S. growth? Well, I, I mean, the Business Roundtable, which is kind of a collective group of 200-plus companies, and, and I sit I chair of the Tax and Fiscal Policy Committee, um, is, is probably even a better barometer of where the, they are. And I would, they, they made tax reform their number one issue. Um, and so they really have counted on trying to fix the incredibly uncompetitive tax system that they have and to be able to get that cash back from overseas. So that's a, a huge priority I think they need to focus on. Deregulation is also something else, lots of things he can do there individually without the Congress. So a lot of focus on helping get some of those prioritized. Financial deregulation, we're going to talk a lot about here. Uh, environmental deregulation. Um, across the board, really, starting new businesses, permitting, small business regulation, all of that really important, as sec- you know, secondary. And then I, I do think infrastructure is a, is a huge opportunity. Um, it seems to be, you know, kind of right on the heels of the other two. Great. Well, thank you very much. Always Great. my pleasure to talk to you.